This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Oh, greetings, Monica. Good grief. (laughs) We're starting this off with a high. Good grief. Good gracious. You sound like, like Charlie Brown. I feel like this entire week has been an episode of of Peanuts. You know, those those little characters, the ones with like the drawing. Charles Wait, Brown. Charles Brown. Like I just said. Okay. Yes, him. <laughs> him and his compatriots. <laughs> him and his comrades. Like the the, the dirty one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the one with the blanket. The dirty one, the one with the blanket. The one who plays the piano. The girl one. There's the, two girls. The the peppermint one. The, the one dog. That, the one that calls the other peppermint one, sir. Pa- peppermint Patty. Yeah. Peppermint Patty. Yes, her. <laughs> she calls like Charles Chuck. Chuck. It's like, hi, I Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the point is that it, it this entire week has felt like, uh, what's her face taking the football away from Charles? <laughs> That's that's what this feels like. And all the voices around you are just wah, 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 Yeah, that's that's what this week is I feel like. that. Except for last night. We except had date night last night. I was literally about to say, except for last night, when we went to the Glendale Americana. Where Americana. People, well, where people live, by the uh, way. It's shocking to me that you would live above the Americana. It's disastrous. If one of you lives above a shopping center. Can you tell like me that. why? Could you give us a little insight as to why? Is because it, like, it just sounds like hell. Is it like, do you have like the thickest windows in the world? Yeah, it must be so bright and loud and like Christmas traffic and like, just why? It's just, it's, it's also, expe- it's not like it's economical. No, it, it's appalling to me. <laughs> Also, didn't you tell me that like Blake Lively's mom Blake lives Lively's there? Blake Lively's mom does live there. She Jeez. used to come into the anthropology there where I worked all the time. And she would just, <laughs> she, she, we would be at like the checkout counter and she would just put her phone down and it has pictures of Blake, like <laughs> just open. And she'd be like, you know, my daughter is Blake Lively. What if it wasn't Blake? What if she had just gotten them from the internet and like posed as Blake Lively's it's definitely mother? definitely her mom. Cause huh. I've seen her online and Oh pictures. my God. Yeah, Insane yeah, yeah. in Absolutely the membrane. Her mom. Yeah. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> Hilarity. Like, my daughter is Blake Lively. Do you have any more of these hats? I re- I'm going to New York tomorrow and I really wanted to get one for my daughter. She's Blake Lively. Why does Blake Lively? And we're all just like, mother? Blake Lively doesn't want a fucking pom-pom hat from anthropology. <laughs> That bitch has millions. She has, What she really wants is to direct a Taylor Swift music video for her exactly. birthday. All she wants for Christmas is to direct a Taylor Swift music video. Yeah. That's she will she probably wants. request to return your fucking hat. Yeah, I'm so she'll sorry. She'll be like, I don't need this pom-pom cap. Thank you, Moher. <laughs> now go back to the Americana whence you came. Listen, I'm sure Blake loves her mother, but I still cannot believe that she lives in in the Americana. Yeah. That's like saying that you live inside of a Swiss cheese. Holes everywhere. <laughs> Light coming in from every direction. All directions. Sometimes it's stinky. Sometimes it's crowded. Where are all these holes coming all from? All the bugs can just get right Everything in there. can just crawl through hole after hole after hole. You heard me, Americana. You're a Swiss cheese slice. <laughs>
It's ridiculous. I don't take it back. Anyway, we went last night because yeah. we watched a movie for this very episode, for this very this podcast. Episode. It's a special episode because we I don't think we've ever done this before where we no. went to the movie theater and then watched the movie and then came back and talked about it. Yeah. It's never happened. We've considered it before, but, but then it's, <laughs> there's always like, it either is like too much work <laughs> or it's like, we don't know if the movie is going to be good enough to include in the episode. And so we do something safer. Yeah. Um, but this one seemed pretty evident that it was going to be good. And I'm glad it, it delivered. Oh, it totally delivered. Which we'll talk, I, we'll talk yeah. about it when we get to it. It's obviously the last movie we're talking about yes. because it came out in 2021. 2021. 2021. Did it really come out in 2021? Yes, it came out like two weeks ago. No, no, no. But I'm asking like, because you know how some films go to like, like come out and then they go through the film festival circuit yeah. and then they get like released. They, I, they get I, mean, a I, I don't release? know. I don't know either. Man, I should know this, huh? <laughs> oh shit. It's fine. It, it is what it is. It came out in 2021. We saw it in 2021. Correct. And it was released. At, I mean, I've seen a lot of movies in 2021 that were not released. You know what? It, it, <laughs> we saw it at the Americana in 2021. Correct. And it we was did. there, which means it came out recently. Correct. <laughs> so just say. And we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to the show. Monica, who are we talking about today? We are talking about the Juan and only Joaquin Phoenix. <gasps> I love him. Tell me more about him. I love him too. Let me give you a little rundown on Tell me. Joaquin. Tell me. Joaquin Rafael Bottom, <laughs> a.k.a. Joaquin Phoenix, a.k.a. Leaf Phoenix. So a man of many names, to be honest yeah, with you. Leaf Joaquin. I want bottom. to stress very much so that he just lived in Puerto Rico. He was not a Puerto Rican man. Got it. Okay. okay. Uh, he's an American actor, producer, music video director, and animal rights For activist. Who? I don't know. He did a bunch of music videos like fuck? recently. He's so weird. Continue. He's such an eccentric boy. <laughs> Uh, he's like the manic pixie dream boy. That's that's who he, kinda he is. is, and I hate it. It's kind of crazy. We, we love and we hate. Yeah, we stand and also we do not stand. What it's What's the, opposite the opposite of, of stand? It's like natus, natus, nets, natus. I think it would just be stand. It backwards is nets. No, stand backwards is n a a t s. Nuts. nuts oh dude i switched a couple <laughs> letters that's embarrassing <laughs> listen you're the one who went to usc i did this you is what happens when you have a degree you can read things backwards you're right surprise uh, it's a special gift can i do the alphabet backwards yeah z y x yes w v uh t you ah uh, see i no i'm out i'm tapping out because okay. i i, I z y x w v u t S R Q P O N M L K J I H G F E D B C 
Oh, CBA. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> you tapped out at C. I got it. Dude, that's crazy. Have you been seeing that TikTok going around of that guy singing the entire alphabet song backwards, but not like, not like just by the letters, but with the sounds, like the way they speak in Twin Peaks? No. It's horrifying. I want to show it to me after. I don't know if I have it saved, but I'm going to be honest with our listenership. I do not go on 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 ticket on the TikTok. I I just watch what I send you. I literally no that that is the (laughs) honest truth is I only watch TikToks that people send me, and I have to watch it on the Safari app (laughs) because I don't have the TikTok app. Ticket talk. Ticket talk. Tiki 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 tok tik tok chik chiki boom chik chiki boom chiki boom boom my name is Cuban Pete Did you know that they wanted to cut that number from the mask? No. Yes. And then audiences were like, no, we love it. No, it's delightful. (laughs) It's It's the best part of the movie. It's chick chicky boom chick chicky boom. I love the boom boom. (laughs) Chick chicky boom chick boom chicky boom. Get back to Joaquin. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. Anyway, brief detour right back on track basically at this point in the in the in the bio you know that he's leaf you also know that he's joaquin you also know that he's Raphael bottom Mm -hmm. he's a lot of things Mm -hmm. but what he also was is born in puerto rico and raised in los angeles and florida wow and he began his career by appearing in television series in the early 1980s with his brother river may he rest in peace god bless little little river boy he went on to star in countless independent films. Daddy Joaquin had an eccentric childhood. <laughs> I want to start by saying and repeating that he lived in Florida. So <laughs> already a leg down, I think. And also swamp. <laughs> lots lots to unpack there, to be uh-huh. honest with you. He became an avid break dancer. <laughs> And he also dropped out of high school when he was sent a dead frog in the mail to dissect for his biology class. A friend to the animals since day one. Since day one. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and his family joined the religious cult called Children of God and started traveling throughout South America and Puerto Rico in the Caribbean as missionaries. Good God. To spread the good God word of this good God cult. Good God. The children, grace of God. The, by the children of God. <laughs> the grace of God. They basically stopped attending the cult because they weren't down with the like flirtationship you had to have with like the other members of the cult. So they like left. The Phoenix's book did. They were like, bye. And they spent most of their time in LA and then went back to Greensboro. It's kind of an insane story. Okay, I gotta read more about that. Uh, he also won an Academy Award or the Academy Award for Best Actor in 2019 for his role in Yoker. I don't know if y'all remember that movie. I do. It's it's burned into the front of my school. Um, and I'll spoil it right now for you. We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. <laughs> he is the real life daddy to a son with the one and only Rooney Mara. And they named him Riva. Riva. After his only brother. Yeah. So sad. So sad. It's not also not, I don't know why I said his only brother. I meant his only son was named after his, his brother. brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is what I meant. But oh, man, God bless River Phoenix. Truly. Rest easy, Papa. Truly. All right. What's our first movie? Our first movie is Walk the Line. 
came out in 2005, directed by James Mangold, screenplay by James Mangold and Gil Dennis, based on the books Man in Black and Cash, the autobiography by Johnny Cash. The rise of country music legend Johnny Cash, played by Joaquin Phoenix, begins with his days as a boy growing up on the family farm where he struggles under the scorn of his father, played by Robert Patrick. As the years pass, Cash ends up in Memphis, Tennessee with his wife Vivian, played by Jennifer Goodwin, and breaks into the music scene after finding his trademark sound. While on tour, Cash meets the love of his life singer June Carter, played by none other than Reese Witherspoon. But Cash's volatile lifestyle threatens to keep them apart. Um, I'm obsessed with this movie. I think it's my favorite biopic ever. I'm also just a slut for a bo- good biopic. So that's you know, true. I too are. am a salute for a good biopic. I just love a good based on a true story. <sighs> it's and always like, better. They really, they did such a good job. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix looks uncannily like Johnny Cash. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And like the vocal training that he did, they trained with T Bone Burnett. And sounded just like sounded him. just like, like him. audiences were shocked that it was him in the credits, like uh, basically a feat. Like, like this insane. is what I'm going to say is blast is heresy, but there are certain songs from the soundtrack from Walk the Line of Joaquin Phoenix singing that I prefer to the original recording. Wow, which is. And it's something you I'm know a what's, big Johnny Cash fan. Do you know what's really funny is I've actually heard that quite a lot. Really? Yeah, I've heard a lot of- It's so good. Because, you know, okay, I'm going to start by saying this movie is kind of an icon in itself. Yeah. It is a very iconic film. Yeah. This movie, you have watched it. Your parents have watched it. Even if you don't remember watching it, you've definitely seen it in the background of some diner. Like, it plays- all the time constantly and with good reason it's so good the chemistry between joaquin and reese is electric i mean she does an incredible job in this she won her oscar for this she did win her oscar for this um joaquin sally did not but he lost i think fairly yeah to philip seymour hoffman for capote (laughs) which boy you know or boy rest in peace papa rest easy uh, we, we all do an episode on him soon oh we we, we will yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and y'all already know our friend paul so you know we'll eventually get to <laughs> you know our friend paul our friend paul, paul. close close friend of the fam paul close paul thomas anderson personal friend mr <laughs> p anderson pta 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 uh but anyway uh i think that this movie allows joaquin phoenix to do something that not a lot of actors get to do and that is like completely and fully immerse himself in a historical figure yeah which again not a lot of actors get to do very you know if you think about it there's a very very small percentage of films that come out every year Mm -hmm. that are like based on a true story or like a biopic right right which i'm just gonna say this right now we say it biopic People say it biopic. I don't get it. I don't agree with biopic. It's like, it's not like the gif and jif thing. It's much different than that. You're saying it wrong. Like, (laughs) I mean, I guess it would be right if you're going based off of biography and it would be a biopic, but- I I think of it as like a bio picture. Like a bio picture, like a biographical picture. Yeah. Was that even English? Biographical. The biographical picture, picture <laughs> in the theater. Yeah. Uh, but he gets this like unique and rare opportunity to use every tool in his toolbox. Yes. To use his voice, to use his body, to use his hands, to really like 
plant his feet into the ground with this person that was so iconic and so multifaceted, so layered, so deeply ingrained in the America that we know today. And it is just such a beautifully rare experience that I think is is a treasure for the audience to to see before them yeah and and johnny cash and june carter cash had died so recently when this movie came out like i think they died two years prior yeah um so it was really fresh for the american public and johnny cash and june carter were uh, like uh, huge american icons but they weren't american icons in the same way that like a lot of other celebrities are like not even the way that like elvis was i mean obviously elvis is elvis he's huge but johnny cash was like he was a celebrity but he was also like well respected by the everyman because he symbolized he symbolized just like normalcy i guess like the most normal fucking people loved his music because he sang about he sang about normal shit and he sang about how hard life is and he sang about being in prison even though he hadn't been in prison yet at that point (laughs) not yet baby not yet he was faking it but it's okay it's okay it's okay but like he he became sort of like this this icon for the people at the bottom of the food chain of society so like he truly was beloved by everybody and him as an icon he didn't mean like star status he was just kind of like a guy he was just johnny i guess exactly but who happened to be a famous musician which i think is really really special and that's exactly how joaquin played the role like i think he played the role very seemingly simplistically like there's obviously a lot of nuance to the role but it seemed very easy to him like it just seems like it flowed right through him and i i but that's obviously the marker of good acting because obviously it wasn't easy to play this role it's you know a huge undertaking it really is and i think being alongside reese witherspoon in this movie i mean there was so much give and take that they gave each other that they allowed for each other and the space that he gave for reese to shine alongside him Mm -hmm. and the space that reese gave him i mean it just made the movie better neither one of them like tried to like up uproot each other or like upsell each other like neither one of them tried to be something that they weren't they were Mm -hmm. just there they were like they were lovers they were they hated each other they loved each other they like the entire time you can tell that there was so much history behind these two actors even though i don't think that they had ever done anything together before this movie no i don't think that they had it's just crazy to see them in this element of like true companionship and being able to provide this incredibly specific experience of two soulmates. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Yeah. While also like telling a very, like while there is an element of romance to their love story, I guess their, their love story has a lot of really like tragic like reality horror like horrific shit like a lot of bad shit like it's not a romantic story about how they got together they went through a lot together he cheated on his drugs infidelity like so much fucking shit happened and he treated her like shit garbage actually a lot of the time up until he started getting sober i mean obviously he was like an addict for his entire life he never completely got sober but that was part of their relationship. And I think the movie acknowledges that in a very truthful way. They're not saying like, yeah, this is like the North star for relationships, but 
there these people are in love and so we're just going to tell the story pretty much um and i i mean i respect that because that is an acknowledgement of like not every relationship is perfect not every story is perfect and like johnny cash was a lot more like the like his biggest fan base aka people in like prison and blue collar people he's a lot more like those people than anyone I think really remembers a lot of the time. Oh, 100%. And Joaquin like constantly reminds you of that in his performance that he's like just, just a dude. Yeah, and it's also like, you know, Johnny Cash, obviously a famous country music singer. Mm -hmm. I think that Joaquin really like honed in on that because a lot of country music is just story, like music in general is storytelling, but specifically like country music, folk music, like that kind of music is just people telling the stories that they tell each other in the bars, right? that they tell (laughs) each other on the ranches, that they tell each other in their living rooms. Like that's really all it is, Mm -hmm. is them like with with their beer and their whiskey, chilling by the fire, like telling the story. Right. So it needed to make sense. The the actor, the choice in the actor needed to make sense and be really down to earth and be very, very like unapologetically ordinary. Yeah. But there was so much extraordinary in his ordinary that I think made this movie unbelievably charming and heartbreaking and wonderful like it's an iconic film yeah it is because i mean like you said joaquin is so grounded like as a person and i mean he he's made that kind of reputation for himself in the public eye of being he distrusts he has a deep distrust in the media it's the media he's a super strict vegan like he he has a lot of strong feelings about a lot of things and whether you agree with him or not he's very authentically himself and is also very grounded i think in reality and like humanity and things like that and is trying to navigate he, he is an actor is trying to navigate the world of like celebrity while also navigating the world of art, which I think very weirdly and perfectly parallels Johnny Cash, who's trying to navigate becoming famous while also is just like a country boy with a family. And he is very quickly thrust into stardom and he's excited about it and he's proud of himself. And obviously he loves his music like he is an artist, but he's also like, I don't fucking know how to straddle these worlds. And it's really fun and beautiful and also kind of sad sometimes to watch his character and Joaquin's acting like shift depending on which of his lives he's like inhabiting at different parts of the movie. I think that's, I think that's one of the best parts of the performance is that he's able to kind of like straddle all these different places really seamlessly, but still be like one cohesive character. Listen, he's a man of the world. (laughs) He's a man of the world. Puerto Rico, Florida, (laughs) the whole world. He's a man of the world. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, it's an excellent film. If you haven't seen Walk the Line, you gotta watch that. If shit. you haven't seen Walk the Line, you've seen Walk the Line. But if you haven't seen Walk the Line, like if you really haven't I, seen I've, it, I know people who haven't seen it. Uh, it's really good. It's so good. Enjoy it's, yourself. Yeah, ten and, out of ten biopic. They put, and Reese, lovely, so beautiful. Just, we considered doing this for her, but then we remembered we wanted to do a whole yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix episode, so we were like, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's really his movie. She's amazing. She's so charming. Her voice is beautiful. I know, man. God bless you, Reese. God bless you. All right, Monica, what is movie number two? Movie number two is Her. <sighs> it came out in 2013, written and directed by Spike Yons. <laughs> <laughs> or Yons. Or Jones. Or Jonesy. 
That was the name of my cat Aww, back in the day. After the one from Alien. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You I know, didn't name him. Oh. That makes sense. My that mom makes, did. That makes way more sense. <laughs> that makes so much sense to me now. I was like, you would never name your cat after the cat in Alien. No, my mom did. Fully. <laughs> I'm still not convinced that you've even seen the movie Alien. I haven't seen it. There you go. I just know there's a cat named Jonesy. There you go. <laughs> you hate space. And aliens. And scary things. Scary. It's just not the movie for you, Jessica. I want to see it. I don't I know. I love that Sigourney. You do. Sigourney is if fabulous. If I can get through fucking what's the movie we watched? That one movie. That one movie. Uh, Why can't I <laughs> the movie we watched together? No, space. The one where they're in space. They're together in space. It's not Interstellar. It's the other one. No, the Interstellar. That's the one I'm thinking. Of. It was Interstellar. <laughs> okay, we watched. If Interstellar. I can watch Interstellar, we didn't watch it together though. Oh no, but we watched it. We did watch it. But if I can watch Interstellar, I think I can watch Alien. You're right. (laughs) I agree. Okay, tell me more about her. All right, her. (laughs) Yonzi's movie, Her. (laughs) A sensitive and soulful man earns a living by writing personal letters for other people. Left heartbroken after his marriage ends, Theodore, played by Joaquin Phoenix, becomes fascinated with a new operating system which reportedly develops into an intuitive and unique entity in its own right. He starts the program and meets, quote-unquote, Samantha, played by <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, or Johansson. Is it Yonzi or Johansson? <laughs> whose bright voice reveals a sensitive, playful poisonality. Though friends initially, the relationship soon deepens into love. Bum, bum, bum. Love. And then it's all about her. Her. I fucking love this movie. This is a good movie. This movie's kind of a mind fuck. It really makes you think about things. It's a great movie. It's uh, one of my favorite movies on earth um, is uh, Beginners. Yes. And this movie and the movie we're about to talk about kind of have similar vibes. And the next movie is by the same guy. And the next movie is by the same guy. So Joaquin has a, I think he has like a niche. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he, he has an indie film vibe, but there are obviously directors who make larger budget indie film style movies like and like basically every like A24 movie it's that's a, come out. Exactly. And so he's a really good vessel. For it's that. true. He's a wonderful vessel for like an absurdist or like yes. kind of quirky or like a little whimsical kind of a moment. Like genuinely, he would have been great in like The Lobster. He would have been great in The Lobster. He would have been great in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Like any kind like of that. movie that's like a little wonky, mm-hmm. a little off its rocker, but still rooted in some form of reality. Yeah. He's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his character, I mean, this movie, this movie is super fascinating to me. It says a lot about like the future and technology and human relationship. And, but I think ultimately it's a story about like perception. Um, and we'll get into that once we get into like the later parts of the movie, but like just starting with Joaquin's acting, I think like he, the character of Theodore is so like soulful and yet very melancholy at the same time, because he is going through a really hard time in his life. And Joaquin has these very like lost puppy dog eyes that are really perfect <laughs> just on an aesthetic level for a movie like this where you just see him and his little round glasses and his, and his mustache, mustache and his mustache 
<laughs> you can't help but like the mustache is is it's a character. I- it's iconic. It's its own character. I love the poster for this movie where it's just his face. And his mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. And the colors in this movie. Oh, beautiful. they're all muted and like. But vibrant. But still vibrant. Kind of retro, but very much not. It's very hard to explain. I was um, reading the trivia about this on IMDb and they said that they modeled it after Jamba Juice colors. Oh, bro. I totally see that. <laughs> Me too. Retro, but not. Yamba use. Yamba use. <laughs> the mustache and the yamba use. Oh my God. I know. But like, and also Joaquin goes through a lot of really interesting beats in the character of Theodore. And you also have to think about like how he is acting with a disembodied voice and granted while they were filming they had the voice of samantha but it was originally cast as samantha morton and so the the finished product is him acting with nobody essentially literally nothing um because scarlett recorded her stuff later after the movie was already completed Mm -hmm. so it's kind of wild like the emotional depth he's able to achieve and like the ease he's able to achieve with just a voice. But then again, that makes me think maybe it's even easier to do that because it kind of just feels like you're alone. I don't know because, okay, this is what I love about this movie. And this is what I love mostly just about Joaquin in general is that he only really does stories that are really rooted in what it means to be a human being and what it means to like have emotions in this big, big world. And like, Mm -hmm what what is the thing that actually makes someone human Mm -hmm. is it their feelings is it their response to things is it their flesh like Mm -hmm. what is it um and this movie plays a lot with the idea of being human and what it actually means to achieve human connection Mm -hmm. which again joaquin is such an incredible vessel for because he is so rooted in his own humanity that he's able to like dig deep enough right to tell that story in an authentic way yeah yeah totally it's this this movie like i said is really kind of all about perception because for the, i would say for the first like 75 percent of the movie it's about like what really is human connection? And he's doing a really, really excellent job of convincing you that human connection can be anything that you want it to be. Yeah. And I, it's so fucking perfect that Spike Jones makes him a like a letter writer because his job is to like create falsified human connection yeah, in a way. Exactly. And to create empathy, et cetera. And so in a way he is manufacturing it just like an OS is a manufactured human. But for because he's a real human, we consider it authentic through him, but not through AI. AI, yeah, it's fascinating. And you're just you're just like okay, yeah. So he's convincing me that it doesn't matter if it's if you're an operating system, if you're AI, whatever the fuck you are, if it's authentic to you, then it's authentic to you. End of story. And if it's benefiting you, fine. But then at a certain point, it stops becoming rewarding because you encounter the same human issues that you would encounter in any sort of human connection, but you're missing like the literal physical human aspect of it. (laughs) But then he's feeling real things about it. So you're like, maybe it's still real either way. I don't fucking know. I have no idea. That's why this movie's kind of, it's, it's such a mind fuck. And he's the perfect like vehicle for exploration because 
Theodore as a character so badly wants to be happy. So badly. So, it's so like kind of badly. painful. And he is genuinely happy when he's with Samantha. That's the fucked up thing. Even though she's quote unquote not real, he's really, really genuinely happy. And he's experiencing so much healing that he never got to experience prior to that. But then she dips and he's left with feeling human again. And you're just like, what's real? Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> It's a mind fuck. No, it really is. It there, really the is. thing is, everyone, is there's no response to that because it's all you can think about this movie. Yeah. It serves as like a, com- it's a great conversation starter, to be honest with you. Like if, if you were on like a fifth date, I would watch this movie <laughs> just to see where they stand on humanity. Well, and then they have that whole part where Samantha says like, you know, the past is only the story of the past that we tell ourselves. Exactly. So you're like, oh, okay. So the story that Joaquin has been telling us about Theodore's past is the truth as far as we know. And then mm-hmm. we meet Catherine, his ex-wife. And then she played by, tells, played by real life played uh, by, engaged person, exactly, Rooney Mara. Mara. And she tells us their story of the past that is different from his. And you're just like, well, I guess this is the reality for both of you. So you're both right. But are, is one of you wrong? I have no idea. So again, it's all about like how you perceive us. And Joaquin does a really good job of kind of like tethering you to a reality any reality his reality (laughs) his reality i guess and kind of being able to go like he it's almost like he gets you to feel sympathy for him but you also understand that like he's flawed and you're okay with it he he's just kind of like holding your hand and he's like i know i am flawed and i confess this and i am sorry (laughs) that's facts because theodore's like kind of an asshole sometimes oh yeah i mean obviously (laughs) Yeah. Him and his mustache. His, him and his mustache. Him and his character mustache. I just, I really, like, I love how much this movie makes you think. And I love how much his, like, I, I think that it, a movie like this, it's kind of like the character is written that way. So how much is it up to the actor? But I really think that if it was someone different or if it wasn't a really skilled actor, you'd get so easily lost in like the kind of loops that this makes your mind and your emotions do that you would be kind of like, I don't really care what this story is telling me, but he makes me, he makes me care about what the answers to these questions are. It's kind of like the lobster in a way where the story is so insane but you're connected to it because mm-hmm. of the actors. Yeah. <laughs> because if anyone, Jessica and I, when we, when we went to go see this next movie that we're going to talk about shortly, uh, we saw a trailer for a movie that reminded <laughs> us of The Lobster about people like acting like animals. Who think they're animals. Who think, it's about people who think they're animals. Yeah, it's called Wolf. Who need to be sent to a clinic to like a facility to learn how to not be animals. Yeah. So it's like the opposite of the lobster. <laughs> the lobster, the lobster. Uh, but it, it's an, and it's absurd. Like we were laughing the entire, it's not a funny movie. It's not no. a funny movie. We were laughing the entire time. Like Lily Rose Depp would not do a funny movie. Like Which I don't know. That's the thing. We have no idea if she's good or not. There's no, there's we're nothing we know. have to find out. We know nothing. All this to say is this movie is authentic because of Joaquin. And it's kind of ironic that that is why this movie is authentic because of how much this movie deals with like all truths are valid. Yes. Dot, dot, dot. But are they question mark? Yeah. 
Yeah, because he's like, anything can be human connection. Can it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Because it really leads my mind in these fucking circles because I'm like, well, no, the only real humans are humans that are born naturally. But it's like, but that's in a way it's a a form of manufacturing. It's true. Just like AI is. Think about it. Like kids are born in Petri dishes nowadays. Yeah. Uh, By that argument, would you say that they're not human? I would argue they are human. I guess it's just they're not subject to the laws of nature and a like or rather humans like organic humans. <laughs> organic <laughs> certified organic humans. Organic F- beings. FDA approved humans <laughs> are are subject to the laws of nature whereas like AI it's all code. You right, know? but you have to remember that our brain is basically a giant algorithm. I know that's where it gets fucked up. And and that's where at the end of the day, whether it's real or not, he's feeling real shit, so it's real to him because he's fucking in love with an AI bitch. And- Dude, this is ex machina meets the lobster meets beginners. It really is. Meets I guess Joker cuz Joaquin Phoenix is in it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> If you like any of those movies, go watch this movie <laughs> and you'll really like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, if it, it's also got like kind of an iconic poster. So yes. Also I will add, I like any movie where like Joaquin, even for like a couple seconds, allows himself to like smile and be genuinely happy because I feel like he's a kind of a downer. Dude, he is a fucking downer. I think his Wikipedia page says that he plays like unfortunate characters or something. And in her, he has a lot of moments of like really genuine happiness. Joy, it's joy. So much joy. He makes jokes. He like gets drunk with Olivia Wilde at one point. It's kind of crazy. You mean John Mulaney's baby mama? No, that's Olivia Munn. Damn it. (laughs) I mean, Jason Sudeikis' ex partner right harry styles is ex-lover yes correct but also director of Booksmart. oh director yes correct correct yeah. mostly director of Booksmart. yeah but also like when you date harry styles that's what you become I'm unfortunately that's what you become olivia you did this to yourself but then you did direct Booksmart. so i don't what makes what is more fame? she's everything and nothing what is more fame what is fame <sighs> is it harry styles or is it Booksmart? or is it ai or is it ai <laughs> I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. (laughs) Shall we get into the third film? The third and final film. I'm excited to talk about this. Take it away, Jessica. To the first film we've seen literally yesterday when it came out in the movie theater. And now (laughs) we're here. This movie is Come On, Come On. Came out in 2021. Written and directed by Mike Mills, who also made Beginners, as we said. Uh, One of my favorite movies. Favorite. Johnny, played by Joaquin Phoenix, is an emotionally stunted and soft-spoken radio journalist who travels the country interviewing a variety of kids about their thoughts concerning their world and their future. Then Johnny's saddled with caring for his young nephew, Jesse, played by Woody Norman. Jesse brings a new perspective and, as they travel from state to state, effectively turns the emotional tables on Johnny. First of all, before we get into Joaquin, yeah, this fucker, Woody Norman... This like eight year old child. Absurdly talented. So good. So I was telling Jessica this as we were walking out of the theater, but he reminds me like of the caliber of his talent at his young age. He reminds me of Jacob Tremblay in Room. When you were watching Room, you were like, how the, you literally are sitting there in the theater or at home, depending on where you watch Room. Right. Both of which in both rooms, I was sobbing, (laughs) but you're watching Jacob Tremblay and you're like, 
whoa, this bean sprout can act. Yeah. And this woody bean sprout can act. Yeah, I have I have some complicated thoughts about child actors. Me too. Because I think it's interesting when we like reward them or when we're like, you're so amazing for a kid. And it's like, but when you're a kid, you, you haven't don't. you haven't learned like filter and and like keeping composure, et cetera. I mean, if you're a child with like a free childhood, at least you haven't learned these things yet. But, you know, if you're like fucking eight or nine years old, chances are your your mind is very open and you feel really comfortable to kind of do whatever because that's just like how you are. That's your childhood, like your childish nature, I guess. I guess. And so it feels weird to be like, you're an amazing actor when you're just kind of like doing your thing. But what I will say is that like this kid, Woody Norman, first of all, is British, apparently. Whoa, good accent work. Yeah, dude. Fucking sick accent work. Pause here because in this case, the bean sprout can act. Dialect work for a child is super impressive. That is impressive. And I think his instincts are really good because so much of this movie feels super, super conversational. It's very in the moment. It feels, I really feel like there was probably a fair amount of improvisation going on in this script. And him and Joaquin have an absurd chemistry. Like I genuinely believed that they were uncle and nephew. I knew he was Papa and Bean Sprout. That's how I felt it in my soul. In my soul bones. I had forgotten during the movie that these were two actors playing parts. Yes, it felt very documentary-like. It felt so weird because it felt like a real story. Yeah. And a lot of that is the filmmaking, obviously. I mean, Mike Mills, like he really knows how to bring you into those small moments. Mm -hmm. But also it's chemistry. Like these two actors, Joaquin and and Woody. (laughs) Woody. Which, what what a name for a child. Woody Norman. Woody Norman. Woody Norman. Especially if he's English. Woody Norman. Woody Norman. That's very American. Woody. It sounds very American What if his full name is like Woodward? Woodward Normandy. Woodward Norman. Woodward Normandy come to the sitting room. Come to the parlor. Draw the blinds. (laughs) Draw the blinds. Would you like some tea, Woodward? It's dark in here, Woodward. Draw the blinds. Woodruff. Woodruff. My sugars. (laughs) You drop them on the carpet. We're going to see Big Ben. Woodruff. Whoa, where's Big Ben now? Piccadilly Circus. I can't see him from my window. Aaron is turning into a tomato. I want to make him into a compote. <laughs> the first thing that Monica and I said to each other when we walked out of this theater was that this role is the most normal we've ever seen Joaquin be. He's just like, such a fucking normal dude but he's not like he's not like a dude with a weird like affectation he's not like a dude with like a super tragic past like there are things but it's not it's nothing dramatic very ordinary he's super fucking ordinary and he has like a really ordinary life in new york and he's good at his job and he has like a fairly solid relationship with his family like 
I loved every minute of just seeing him exist as like a fully formed, mostly unproblematic figure because you never get to see that. And it's so refreshing, especially for him because he's usually like this sad, tortured man or like there's something fucking weird about his character, AKA Joker. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to talk about it. And so he's just, he's just normal and it's beautiful. It's honestly so refreshing to see him play someone with both of his feet in his shoes. Yes. Yes. Which is, I swear to God, the best way I can describe this character is both of his feet are inside of his shoes. And that's kind of it. That's where the line gets drawn in the sand. And the only places where he finds any kind of like joy or pleasure are with the people that he loves and doing what he loves yes and again very ordinary right like the average human being finds joy in the people they love and what they do Mm -hmm. right their passion their hobby the thing that they love the most right and in this movie he's allowed to just exist yes and that is so gorgeous to see and it ultimately ended up being such a beautiful experience Mm -hmm. to be in the theater watching him cycle through these emotions of learning how to become a parent yes of learning how to be a role model of learning how to like be there for a kid whose world is not super stable both of his feet are in his shoes though and he has to learn that he for once is not like the unreliable one yes he is in a position of stability Mm -hmm. and he can impart that onto his nephew and onto his sister. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so I was reading a review of this movie and someone had reviewed it like poorly and they were like, it's boring. Nothing happens. Everything comes so easily to him, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, that's the thing is, is like, yeah, the movie is relatively easy in the sense that there are no like huge conflicts. There are like, little things slash the circumstances under which Jesse has to be with Johnny on the road. It's because his mom who's played by, um, what the fuck is her name? I forget her name. She's really good. Like she's really good. Uh, she plays the, one of the sisters in transparent. She's an incredible actress and she's so, so good in this. But anyway, she plays the mom and she has to go to like Oakland to be with her son's father because he is, I think bipolar or you're led to believe something it's, along It's very those lines. unspecified, which I actually really appreciate because it's not about him. Exactly. It's not about that. But so she has to go be with him and like help him. So Jesse has to stay with his uncle. Gabby Hoffman. Gabby Hoffman. That's her name. Incredible. Like incredible actress. If I'm being honest, if this movie was about her character, I wouldn't have been mad about it. No, me neither. I really wouldn't have because this movie focuses a lot about parenthood and about yeah. mothers. There's this whole like theme about motherhood mm-hmm. that is like weaved into this whole story from beginning to end it's about joaquin's character's mother it's about siblinghood it's about like figuring out the best way to be a parent only to realize there is no best way to be a parent yeah you just keep fucking up figuring it out fucking up and learning from the fuck up and then fucking up on something completely different exactly and that's ultimately the secret sauce to repairing his relationship with his sister yeah to repairing his relationship with his nephew and what brings everyone closer to like their own family unit and their own humanity by like just saying fuck all of the fuck all of the 
at one point they're literally reading off of a cell phone trying to like look up parenting advice. Yes, it's and so funny. It's such a funny scene because the kid's like, dude, like it's okay. You don't have to read it from the fucking phone. Like just talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that's so beautiful and messy and weird mm-hmm. to witness something that you know parents are doing in their homes right now is looking up how do i talk to my kid about xyz how do i do a repair with my child how do i apologize to my kid (laughs) like it's so cool to see all of these little things that make up a really imperfect family that is ultimately just a family yeah yeah and like like this review was saying like quote unquote nothing happens and i was like well we've seen the story a thousand times of the guy who doesn't have his fucking life together, who gets forced into taking care of a kid somehow and being like a surrogate father for the two hours that the movie lasts. And he fucks up a bunch of times and it's crazy. But at the end of the day, he loves it. And he really finds his paternal energy. Like we've heard that a thousand times. And it is absurdly refreshing to see a movie where a man is happy to and willing to step into this role and nothing horrific happens. It's charming. Because people are capable. And I'm. So, it is not trendy to say not all men, but a lot of men are capable of taking care of children. And that is like one of the big things about this movie is that it is not just a woman's job. And like you can have a job and do it at the same time. And it can be fulfilling. And you can encounter small issues like losing your child in a store or on the streets of New York or something like that. And you figure it out. Like it doesn't have to be a whole fucking charade. Not everything that goes wrong in life is is a huge to-do. It all adds up in very small ways to an ultimately beautiful experience. Yeah, and I think this movie tackles parenthood and specifically using Joaquin to fight tiny battles mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to win this glorious sweeping war yes. that is obviously sexier. Like winning a war yeah. is much sexier. Fighting a war is much sexier. But like, you know, fighting these tiny battles and like you win some, you lose some, you lose the kid in the store, you accidentally like buy him the wrong toothbrush that like makes all this noise and you're fucking tired. And like, uh-huh. why is this kid up? I'm feeding him ice cream. He's up. What What is my life? And you can also like be in a forest or a meadow place and like yell at this kid and this kid yells back and it's super cathartic and it was great for him and that's exactly what he needed in the moment and that was a win there are losses there are wins but this wasn't meant to be this like big sweeping glorious conquest of a war like it (laughs) truly was just let's fight this battle. Okay, we won this one. Okay, let's fight the next one. Oh, we we lost that one. Okay, next one. So like on and on and on, like real life. Yeah, and I loved how uh, like compassionate Joaquin was to his sister's character because uh, again, to your point about it not being a war, like whenever one of these small things would happen, I think in any other story, it would be like, we're not going to tell your mom because if we tell your mom, it's going to be a huge fucking deal. No, every day he would go home and call, <laughs> call his her. sister and he'd be like, yeah, this happened. And she'd be like, isn't that fucked up that that happens? And he's like, yeah, how do you do this? And she goes, like, I don't know. Seeing adults bond over something like this is beautiful. And Joaquin has this energy with Gabby Hoffman. Oh, that chemistry. Like, they 
felt so it felt like such a real relationship to me like genuinely this movie i mean i loved it when i stepped out of the theater but the more i think about it the more it grows on me because his performance really was just the most authentic i have ever seen him it might be one of my favorite things he's ever done it's do you know what it's genuinely my favorite thing he's ever done yeah like honestly over her and walk the line and i don't know why i think it's truly just because watching him exhibit insurmountable amounts of joy and also like feeling horrified at the same time encapsulates parenthood in a way that i honestly at this point in my life can't understand but can recognize as being incredibly authentic and like he's a father he's a father to a son Mm -hmm. it's so easy to see how effortless this comes to him yeah because you're seeing him like the wheels in his brain turn and churn and think about perhaps like instances where he fucked up with his son and that was okay and like trying to navigate also like bro this movie was low-key depressing because they were talking about like these kids they're either in they interview all these kids about like like okay what do you think about your future and they're like bitch the planet's dying i literally don't even think i don't even think about tomorrow like (laughs) (laughs) it's fucked up but it's interesting because i never in my life thought about being a parent Mm -hmm. in this really insanely scary time like you don't think about it until you stop and really think about it and go holy shit you would be bringing a kid into a world that is half god yeah (laughs) that is from blue to gray it's true traumatizing it's insane like and and joaquin is such a mysterious figure in real life that i think that's hit so hard because of the subject matter obviously and like the movie itself is beautiful but like this is the first time we've ever really been able to see like oh i think i can kind of see who joaquin phoenix is actually as like a normal fucking person which i hear he's so delightful yeah i mean i hear he's an odd bird i hear he's like eccentric and weird and he's currently sporting like a half shaved haircut (laughs) not like the sides guys the top is shaved and the sides are long what yes look it up look up i challenge you today look up on the google machine or any you know firefox i'm not sure what you kids are using these days internet explorer i'm googling joaquin phoenix hair oh no oh yeah it is not great but it makes him happy joaquin phoenix 46 unveils gray hair and pot belly as he transforms his body yet again for a new role who knows and he looked healthy. Oh, in this he developed movie. an eating disorder from doing Joker. <sighs> Another reason that movie is awful. It's okay. Guys. Thank you. Okay, no, you know what? I don't feel bad about it. I didn't like that movie for a lot of reasons. I didn't like how it portrayed mental health. I didn't like a lot of the rhetoric around this movie. I didn't mm-hmm. like what this movie made people do. Mm-hmm. By the way, need I remind you how many people like went out and tried to do bad things because Mm -hmm. of this movie i'm not saying that it was the movie director's fault and i'm not saying that the movie made people do things i'm just saying i think it was an irresponsible portrayal it was an irresponsible portrayal that's all that i'm saying yeah i mean obviously joaquin is a talented master of his art he crushed what he was in what he was supposed to do he crushed what he was given but i will okay Okay, this is the thing I'm going to say about Joker and it's not even about Joker. If you want to if you want to watch the Joker story told in a much better way in a much better movie in my opinion, just go watch The King of Comedy. 
Fact. Just, it's the same movie because plot twist, they pretty much ripped it off. <laughs> and it's a much better and more interesting movie. Go watch it. If you want to watch my favorite portrayal of a Joker, watch The Dark Knight. <laughs> yes, do it. Heath Ledger. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Again, for whatever reason, this character, this role really cause, causes people to go off the deep end. So I, I almost feel irresponsible saying that, that like, that's my favorite portrayal. He just did such a wonderful job. It's kind of the same like yeah. catch 22 because Joaquin did an incredible job with what he was given. But I don't know, something about that character is like kind of cursed to me. It feels very odd that that is something that like, for example, do you know how many Halloween costumes, like couples costumes I have seen of like the Joker and Harley Quinn yeah, and like amount. it's supposed to be adorable, but you really think about it and you're like, um, I don't know. I don't know about these guys. This is like some Sid and Nancy shit. I Am I don't, the only, I'm not into it. Am I the only person in the sitcom who is not laughing? Yeah, it's a lot. But it's it also, it all, then it also begs the question of like, well, is it the character's fault or is it the actor's fault for like going that deep into it rather than playing it like a comic book character? I don't know. Or, or should there be more assistance on set? Like, should they have, should yeah. the filmmakers, should the producers have foreseen the impact that a character like that would have had on the artists and gone we should take extra precautions we should have therapists on set but if they're going full method they wouldn't utilize it i don't know see this is the reason why we didn't want to talk about joker because <laughs> amongst you, other things you get into this fucking catch 22 of it all and you cannot win you yeah. cannot win it's just not for me it's not for me either it could be for you we don't judge you but it is not for I us i also just i don't think we need to keep telling the story I agree. Let's leave it at Jack Nicholson. We've <laughs> we've done it enough. We've done it enough, guys. We've done it enough. We've done enough. No one needs to, you know, everyone needs to love themselves. No one needs to like have an eating disorder because of this this no. role. It's not worth it. Like, you know, it's it's just not worth it. Yeah. I hope that I hope that rumor is not true, but it's just not worth it. I know. Ugh. God. Well, anyway. Anyway. That was Joaquin. That was Joaquin. I love this man. What a man. What a legend. He's super fucking talented. It's not to say I love everything he's ever done, um, but I do love him. I think he's really interesting as a performer and a figure. I think he's a true artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like, I sound fucking pretentious as fuck. Like, whatever. <laughs> suck a dick. He's, he's a- We have a movie podcast. It is what it is. <laughs> I genuinely, like, there are actors- there are celebrities and then there are artists. Yeah, Joaquin's an artist. He's for an sure. artist. Mm -hmm. He's a, he he is someone who like lives and breathes what he does, and it's mm -hmm. because it's like how he expresses himself, how he moves through life. Yeah. So, eleven out of ten from me. Yes, girl. It's gonna be a yes from me. That's a yes from me. That's a yes from me. All right, Monica. Before we wrap up, what have you dabbled in? I have dabbled in uh, literally since what two days, two days ago, ago when we recorded when we recorded the last episode i have i'm going to new york tomorrow that's why we're that's recording exciting. two episodes in uh one week uh wahoo because i'm going to new york tomorrow i'll be there for i don't know seven days something like that some crazy something wild fuck yeah i'm gonna go see uh i don't know 
all the shows that are currently out right now, I think I have tickets for them. So I'm going to go see those. Yes, girl. I'm going to go to the Christmas market. Yes, girl. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of like other quintessential New York things. I can't really think of any. Go to the plaza. Okay, I'll go to the, what? I don't know. What plaza? The plaza hotel. Oh, the plaza hotel. No. (laughs) (laughs) Eloise at the plaza. Eloise at the plaza. Oh, that reminds me. Madeline. What about it? Excellent film. <laughs> Starring Frances McDormand. Yeah. And then also we watched the other one when we were having pizza night. It, it, it the was, animated series. It was a cartoon it was version. Terrible. It was so bad, but it was also so good. And the episode we were on is about how Madeline gets kidnapped and sold into child labor. And like they're making <laughs> uh, lace out of hair. Yeah. And like they make the red lace out of the red hair and the black lace out of the black. Hair. I'm like, how did, how did, how did kids watch this? <laughs> but I was so enthralled. I was also enthralled. I was, was engrossed. In gross, <laughs> and there she was. Oh, we just sweet Madeline. <laughs> it was amazing. Eleven so out of ten. So good. Uh, what have you doubled in? Um, no, nothing. I guess. I mean, I got into grad school. Is that news to the Whoa! podcast? <gasps> that is news to Boston. I obviously knew. That's exciting. But everyone else, very didn't exciting know. for us. It's very exciting. Tell the tell the listeners what you're going to be doing in grad school. I'm going to go be a therapist. Yay. It's very exciting. Stay tuned for a new podcast in six years. Yeah, about. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you guys it yet because you'll take it. Yeah, you're going to take it. In six years, wait on it. It, wait is, on it. it is irresponsible, but we're going to do it. It's irresponsible, <laughs> but in six years' time, when I am licensed, when she is licensed, we're going to do it exactly, and you'll listen to it and you'll love it love it you'll love it whether you love it or not <laughs> <laughs> all right well as always don't, don't sue us daddy, daddy favreau <laughs> good night monica good night jessica